Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here now is Lisa Bell and Candace Campos with Florida Foodie. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Candace Campos. And I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates, filling in for Lisa Bell. Uh, today's guest has spent more than a decade working in restaurants around the greater Orlando area before starting his own restaurant. Uh, but in that time, he's been dealing with some unique challenges since opening up in Winter Park earlier uh, last year, I believe. Almost a year now. Almost a year now. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, and we are so happy to be joined with Chef AJ Haynes from Hen and Hog. And you were saying there's a lot of complications, and it's not just with the restaurant, it's also with you as well. But we'll get to all of that in just a few minutes. But it was so nice to officially meet you. Nice to meet you. We've been, we've been following along because your food always looks so good. Anytime you see it on Instagram or Facebook or, or the, you know, any, someone posts it, you know, you're like, where is that from? It's Hen and Hog. Well, just need everybody to come out now and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, where did you start? Are you born and raised here? How did, uh, how did born and raised Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Uh, my mother's side of the family, the, the Poochies, had a, an Italian restaurant. So, I grew up in that with friends and family, you know, everybody on the weekends getting together and learning how to cook. Usually, my uh, great 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 Aunt Helen teaching us and showing us everything that way. And then my grandfather on my dad's side was an at home chef. So he worked his way through cookbooks, and we'd go up there for a couple of weeks during the summer, make this dish, work our way through different cookbooks, different cuisines, different cultures and stuff. So always just had a love and a passion for it and a taste for it. So. And when did you migrate down south? Uh, 2009. 2008 was a decision and the idea that I want to go to culinary school and follow what I loved mm -hmm. for once. <laughs> <laughs> I've done everything. Yeah. Jack of all trades. We were going through some of it uh, beforehand. You said when you turned 18, it was... Running away from the restaurant. Get away from that. Get away from it. Don't even think about stepping foot back. So in. what were you pursuing at that time? Uh, graphic design. So I went to college for graphic design and a business minor. Business major. I don't know. I, didn't know <laughs> I was never truly decided what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I was on the breaking edge of like where computers and everything were coming down and the design work and stuff like that. So basically did a lot of that through culinary school. And while I was in school, culinary school, through graphic design, I started doing my own screen printing and embroidery. So I did that while I was in school, and I was like, making 100000 a year doing printing T-shirts and doing all this stuff, like, see you later. <laughs> so I never finished college. I never did any of that, but followed my, my love and my passion. I was putting my artwork and drawings and designs on shirts, painted a bunch of school murals on basketball floors and walls and stuff. So I did airbrush. And, wow. and where did the restaurant world pull you back in? So all the events and anything we've ever done and all the places I've ever worked, I was always the guy cooking and behind the scenes because I did a lot of walleye fishing and perch fishing, so I bring that together. We do fish fries and cookouts. So There's you're the guy that everybody invites over. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was always the, my love and my passion, so I was like, why not just follow? This is what I'm happiest, happiest doing and to see the smile on people's faces, enjoying the food and still being creative and putting stuff together. It's like, why not? 
just do it. <laughs> yeah. And so what restaurants? So you've been kind of going through different restaurants and now we got Hen and Hog. So there's a whole list. There's a laundry yeah. list. <laughs> so the idea while I was here doing doing the thing is and I probably should have done that instead of doing the culinary school thing is going and working through all these restaurants and mm -hmm. learning as much as you possibly can from all these great chefs and co-workers and stuff like that and building your resume. And so I uh, finished up culinary school, had an externship at Luma in Winter Park. Yeah. Um, from there, I went to McCormick and Schmick's. Uh, they were just getting ready to open up Prado, so I got the call from Brandon. I was like, hey, you want to join the team? Come along. We'll get everything set up and ready. So good I did spot, Prado. Good spot, yeah. Uh, left Prado, and that was the opening of Cask and Larder. That's another good one. So okay. Uh, basically got to work the AM. I was more of like the prep prep chef. We're coming in and doing all the smoking, butchering all the meats, getting everything set. Mm -hmm. uh, Saturday and Sunday brunches, so doing stuff like that. So the brunch has kind of always been my fallback and my love. But. Yeah. So I've done brunch at just about everywhere I've worked. Uh, after that, went to Wolfie's Pizza Mia, which is an Italian spot. Did all of our own handmade pastas, did all of our own charcuterie, all of our different meats, and we're just getting ready to blow the door. <laughs> The doors off with guests and clientele coming in, and I had a little argument with one of the owners. So. Oh! <laughs> so I'm like, I will never work for somebody like you, and I basically so as well. You're not gonna work for me? I said no. So you're fired. Mm. Like, the entire staff walked out with me. Oh wow! Oh, so good. that was that was a good showing, I guess, of faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. That was a testament to you as a oh. as a chef, and so, so that was kind of my open gap in there. Went home, did a little vacation, and a friend of mine called from there that they were opening up uh, the Parkview, which is the old Eola Wine Company on mm -hmm. Park Avenue. So I came in there, looked at this tiny, tiny kitchen, like, where do you make food out of here? <laughs> yeah. We blew it up. We had fun. So it was basically able to cook food from around the world and do different stuff like that because of the wines and the pairings mm -hmm. and stuff like that doing the small dessert platters, doing small dishes and stuff for plate uh, tables to share. And then I started doing brunch there too. So that was one of my first brunch spots on my own. Mm -hmm. So I mean, you have quite a resume, but now Hen and Hog is, is the new baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how is that opening that up and, and getting that I, on its feet? I think I got the keys on September 1st and I basically had some friends come in, help out. I did, we did all the re-electrical, the plumbing, moving everything, yeah. painting, sanding the floors, doing all the walls, coming up with the logos and branding everything, and open up in 20 days. Wow. I pretty much, I live there. That's that like point. unheard of, especially like around this time where I know people are having issues with like just getting inspections and getting product through the door. I was mm -hmm. on the phone constantly. We're gonna get, get, the, get the, the nice part now is you get the headphones and can talk and can work as you're doing stuff. Yeah. So. It was interesting. I'm sure. I mean, this is where your long and varied resume comes into play. You were telling me you used to do welding. You did all sorts of, uh, you know, Electrical not just construction, printing, yeah. graphics, like you, you name it. It was great. It's fun. Yeah. And now it's it's all paid off and poured right into. <laughs> <laughs> it saves a lot of money. I'm sure. <laughs> You're, you are truly a jack of all trades. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, some of the painters walk in and go, uh, how much to paint this place? I go, eight grand, nine grand. I'm like. I can buy a, I can buy the painter for three fifty. I can buy a tub of paint for a hundred. I can do it under six hundred bucks. See you later. <laughs> I've painted murals before. I yeah. can I can paint. I can paint. So this. I mean, it's tough. I mean, everybody's got to make a buck and make earn a living in that stuff and mm -hmm. bring some of the people in. But at the time and where it was at, it's like there's no way I can pay all this money to get all this stuff set up and done mm -hmm. like as fast as you did. Yeah. I lived there. I slept yeah. there. It was interesting. How many, how like how many hours a day was that? 20 days, that's got to be... Like 18-hour days. Wow. Easily. 
It's like Some an HGTV show, you know? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you gotta have it done by tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you obviously have traveled through, through a lot of Central Florida's kind of culinary experience. How is Hen & Hog adding to that culinary foodie world that Central Florida is? I mean, is when, I first came, when I first came down here, it was kind of scary because I feel everything was chain. Yeah. And got very lucky with working some of the restaurants that I did as far as that and seeing how you're buying local, you're finding ingredients and stuff like that locally, you know, our pigs and our chicken, you know, getting that stuff in and not buying like Smithfield or getting something local, you know, getting different halal chickens and stuff like where you can get some of the Bell and Evans, but I'm not going to pay that kind of money, but mm -hmm. definitely picking stuff that is more holistic and not filled with antibiotics and stuff that's bad. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the vegetables and all that stuff, I mean, I do some stuff, but I've kind of pulled back from that. Yeah. We did a lot of the, the vegan vegetarian style, but stuff was, you know, they see hen and hog, but like, I'm not going to go in and eat there. But we were doing, like, I was doing a barbecued uh, tofu, you know, doing a rub, putting it in a smoker, bringing oh, it man. out, and just, mm. just oddball stuff like that. And well, mm -hmm. I'd sell two of them. Well, I made eight of them. Like, I'm throwing yeah. six in the garbage. <laughs> it, it just didn't seem to work out right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I still get some, some flack back on the name as, as far as not having as much as the the vegan vegetarian options, but there's stuff on there and I'll make whatever for whoever walks on the door. Yeah. You know, I got fried green tomatoes, so I'll make a sandwich with a base like that. We did a, a burger and it was a falafel patty. Oh, mm. that's cool. Which is my spin on it, but it was my take. Like, yeah. here's, here's your vegan patty because you start looking at the impossible burgers and the, the oddball stuff like that, there's more chemicals and preservatives in that than you'd want to ever want to serve to anybody. Yeah. So that's important yeah. to you as, as a chef. You know, it's not just the mass production just about the yeah, food but really it's the it overall health of farm to table far, yeah and it has to be i mean you start looking at stuff and you start watching some of these shows and reading some of the books and what how do you feed six billion people on a planet and make it completely healthy and good for you so i'm working on a, a cookbook writing a cookbook i've been doing this for like six years calling it eating around the edges oh. so basically mm -hmm. everything in the grocery store if it doesn't go bad or doesn't turn green on you don't eat it so stay out of the center aisles and all this stuff because it's mm -hmm. sugar fortified, preservatives. You've told me that's your strategy too when you're grocery I shopping. I try, I try. <laughs> I mean, I have two small children, so it's impossible to avoid all box stuff. But, yeah. but I mean, if you can do majority of what's of, quick and easy, what yeah. you, what stuff you can put in the freezer, what you can throw in a blender and serve like that, and mm -hmm. make smoothies and soups and different things like that. That's true. Turns yeah. out great. So walk us through a little bit of what you you've brought here as we're <laughs> while we're on the subject of your food and and you know where it comes from and and, and how you're sourcing everything. What Gosh, what all do we pretty. have? So we've got a brioche bun. It's basically the, it's it's a local company. They do it with the McDonald's buns also, but they do ours for us a little bit bigger, add a little bit more butter to it, and then we toast it with brown butter on our flat top. Mm. We make all of our own house pickles. You'll see here. Um, there's a little bit of chow chow slash coleslaw. So we do a chow chow base for a lot of our sandwiches, which is a pickled sweet and sour southern dish mm -hmm. but it's green tomatoes red peppers red tomatoes cabbage green pepper red pepper loaded up with a little bit of vinegar celery seed and mustard seed sounds kind of like a southern jardinier exactly kind of. so yeah. I t everybody's like what is it you know what jardinier is yep i said all right but this is a southern version so there you go i've <laughs> never heard of that before yeah. I've seen it. I've learned so much by doing this podcast, always. And I switched, kind of switched out of that and went to that because, you know, a lot of places do the cream sauce, but it lasts for about four days and then it starts to go sour, which mm. I hate throwing things away. Mm -hmm. My great-great-aunt, who I learned a lot of cooking from and techniques and stuff from, they lived through the Depression. Yeah. 
So you say from the rooter to the tutor, nothing goes in the garbage. You have chops and trimming from this that goes into a soup. Like, you save everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're dirt poor and trying to make it. Like, you figure out what to do and how to make dishes real quick. That's true. <laughs> so, Head & Hog, what, what's kind of your favorite? What's your, what's your favorite if someone says, I'll have whatever the chef's having? What would it be? They're all my babies. Oh, I can't say, can? I can't ever pick one up. So yeah. that's why the menu changes so much. Like oh, so start, it does change a lot. Mm -hmm. yeah. so you start looking at stuff. You start working. It hasn't changed so much in the last few months because I've been recovering. Mm -hmm. But going into that, like, you get tired of eating the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. But like, I sample it. We make sure it's good. Everything's on point. So I try the barbecue pork every day. Like, we try a piece of the chicken. Yeah. Try the fries before you send it out. Like, you sample as you work all day. I should have brought the mac and cheese. That's probably our number one number one seller like people freak out I like five gallons a week really i'm already starting the plating process. <laughs> Chef, so sorry. i love barbecue i love i've been done that for a long time that was part of the, the welding i did when i was a kid mm -hmm. we would build our old build our own smokers and stuff like that mm -hmm. so a lot of butts friends would be hunters lived up in wisconsin so everybody bringing different game and stuff like that we would smoke different things up where it was a huge fisherman so we'd smoke a lot of different fish and stuff like that wild game but doing down here, like, my ribs I've been working on for 20 years, they're phenomenal. Like, oh. you, I don't think you can beat them. Like, I try ribs everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, now that you're, now that you're, you know, all in, I mean, what's that feeling like seeing, seeing it, you know, because you also, um, you also had mason jar provisions, too. Correct. So that was your, that was your first opening. That was the scariest restaurant I've ever had to open in my life or work Why? at. It was right before COVID and everything was shutting oh. down. I'm like... I just put a lot of money into this. Like, what are we going to do? Because mm -hmm. we were setting up to do seating. And like, well, no seating now. Like, we're mm -hmm. just going to open that as a, as a to-go restaurant. Oh, so you basically opened because you had to open the way you opened because of the pandemic. We were ready. And it was like, all right, well, everything shut down two weeks, three weeks earlier. Like, we're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so you opened that, like, March 2020 then, right? Oof. <laughs> it was tough. Yeah, I mean, they canceled everything. It was trying to get stuff off the trucks. Places were shutting down through that whole, that year, like trying to get chicken and pork and burgers, like companies everywhere else. As, as it would spread and COVID would hit, everything would, you'd start losing product and stuff would have to rotate and mm -hmm. try to sell more and take this off the menu and not really let anybody know like what, where it went, why. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, so how did that, how did you, how were you able to kind of keep that afloat for as long as you did? I uh, was to go like I think as far as like mm -hmm. even we go back on ratings and stuff and as far as reviews and stuff as far as what we got from people while it was shut down Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub, all the to-go platforms like that's, that's pretty much what we were doing for a while and then it was mm -hmm. call in orders and curbside pickup yeah order at the thing and we bring it out to you one person at a time face yeah. masks on whole giant canopy in front of everybody I know. It's weird to then, like, start looking back mm -hmm. at that and thinking about all the things that everyone went through. Well, looking, back on, looking back on it, but as of, like, my last hospital visit, they say it's back on the rise. And I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. You, yeah. Get, you get scared real quick. Like, what are we going to do? Like, and set, you're ready. You know what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and you talked a little bit about your about your setbacks. You had some some health issues. I mean, <laughs> looks, you're, you're, you're here right now. You look good. How are you feeling? Uh, still in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um. Hospital-wise, like, the first time it hit, as far as the diverticulitis attack, it was a Tuesday morning. Like, I don't feel good. Like, this has really hurt me today. Yeah. Woke up at, like, 11.30 at night, like, drenched in sweat. Like, took the thermometer to the most, 104-degree temperature. Oh, and I'm no. like, uh, I know I'm, I'm in bad shape. So yeah. I drove myself to the hospital, and four and a half hours, five hours later was emergency surgery. Wow. 
And and it's been it's been a process since. Yes, it's diverticulitis closed down for two and a half weeks. As far as like I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything. So the like, whole restaurant yeah. just was closed. Yeah, you were telling me you, you do pretty much everything at the restaurant. You know, I mean, it's probably it, not the here and there. best side of it, but I, I, you have a lot of good people as far as that. Mm-hmm. But you still always have your hands in all of it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. as far as overseeing. Mm-hmm. And never we're at that point like we're just getting ready to start expanding and doing stuff and bringing on more staff and. Nope. <laughs> yeah, and that was January this year, right? Yeah, January 25th. January 25th, and you had just opened, like, September, October of the previous year. Well, October was our uh, grand opening, and we were just starting up. Like, it was line out the door, crazy mm-hmm. busy. Like, and then after getting back out of the hospital, it was like crickets, like scared. Like, yeah. uh-oh. And, you know, you get, the, me- you get the, the messages on Messenger and the stuff through Facebook and Instagram, like, mm-hmm. you guys are closed, why don't you let anybody know? I said, we're kind of posted that chef's in the hospital and not going to be back for a little while. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So the following at that point was like, uh-oh. So that's kind of when I did my little post. It was more of like, hey, we're back open. And I didn't, didn't expect it to go as viral as it did and how yeah. it expanded, but it was like, I'm just telling everybody we're back. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. follow yeah. along, please. Yeah. <laughs> Come help out. Come Go support meet. local. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like we're not the only ones. Like, I've, I'm friends with a lot of the local businesses and stuff on that, and the, the owners on that. We've all kind mm-hmm. of talked, like, what happened? Like, it's scary. And, and Orlando's kind of a definitely a chain-side restaurant. There's very few that are privately yeah. owned, mm-hmm. independently owned. And yeah. I, well, even... Know, just, try to add us to our choice, like, top ten. Like, yeah. I always say, I want to be part of your top ten. Come in and eat. Come back. I don't care yeah. if it's this month, next month, this week. You come back weekly. You come back for brunch. You come back from dinner one time, but throw us in the room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even in your section of Winter Park, though, like, there's been issues. Like, I know the coop shut down. Uh, mm-hmm. Cost Coffee just down the road from you had to close. And it's, it's kind of a tough location. Like, not a lot of, like, street parking or, you Well, know. I've worked out a lot of stuff, like, on the weekends now. Fanny Hillman's great and been wonderful mm-hmm. to us. So we get their parking lot, which is about 45 spots. That's great. Yeah. So we've got signs up back there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. It tells you where to park, what times are available. After 3 o'clock, the bagel guys are like, you guys can use our spot whenever you want. So I've got a lot of help and support from that. Still working out the Rollins College spot that just got sold. So mm-hmm. they're doing a lot of construction. He's like, I'll get you set here because you can have the spot on the weekends. There's nobody who's going to be here. So that's another 20 spots I can add. We have our yeah. own parking lot across the street, but it's always full. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, like... There's, there's a couple of other businesses in the area that fill it up and mm-hmm. cars sit there for two or three hours and very hard to rotate in and out. So we try to be as helpful as much mm-hmm. as we possibly can. Somebody calling in for a pickup. All right, we'll park behind the bagel dudes, park bagel shop, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah. come in and yeah. grab your food. Well, at least you've had that, you know, th- th- it seems like you've got a nice community around mm-hmm. you that's right. able to support you as well as... You know your customers and everything coming in. You said that that post of yours kind of went viral. And what's 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 been the response? What have people been been saying? We well, get a lot of a lot of great help, and then there's other ones. That's not how to run a business, and that's how I do it. Like, well, it's that's kind of how it has to go at point like yeah. at t- point in time. Like, got to stay afloat. This is our first year. I'm not planning on making any money, and never was, but mm-hmm. have done very well at the last places that I've opened as far as our first year and been successful. So that. I think kind of thrown out there was that we're closed already. Mm-hmm. He's not coming back. Like, I'm, I'm back. Like, yeah. come on, help yeah. us out. He's right now on Florida Foodie. He's back, all right, yeah. everybody? <laughs> let's just say that. And um, let's, can we just dig in while we talk? Can we still dig into this? Is this yeah. real? Is this real food? Oh, yeah. It's chicken and waffle sandwich. It look real. So it's a, a liege waffle. So it's got the little pearl crystals inside of it, oh. which kind of pop perfectly. Uh, 
chicken thigh breaded. It's our G8 sauce. My good friend Terrence is a chef of mine that I went to culinary school with that came up with the sauce. Sure. Okay. And then there's pickled jalapenos to add on the side. I never know who wants I mean, that's kind of a good... (laughs) Some people love it. Like, they'll try them and go, oh, these aren't hot. So we we pickle the the jalapenos, work them around, try to get as much seeds out as possible. I mean, this is a heavy-duty... Like, this is a waffle. Yeah, that's breakfast. Breakfast and a sandwich. Right here. So we now have beer and wine and stuff like that. So this goes with our... you're, You're my boy, Blue... It's a oh, weed ale cute. that we do. Q, Q, Q. So it's like the this whole meal. This is not going to be dainty whatsoever. No, <laughs> it's not. Okay, yeah. I'm going in. And I try not to do anything really dainty. There's some dainty sandwich, but there's other ones that are full on, like, go to town. My jaw doesn't go that. <laughs> <laughs> that is delicious. Yeah, Ooh. it's one of those sandwiches that the first time we made it, everybody bit into it. And they're like, don't change it. Yeah. We did. We, I did add the pickled jalapenos because I always do like the vinegar. Oh, that's I just good. Cook, you do the umami cooking where mm-hmm. sweet, sour, tangy, spicy, crunch. I get one heat. of those napkins. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Hogging all the napkins over here. But I don't get a half. I'm joking. <laughs> we can um, meet in the middle. <laughs> no lady in the tramp. We're good. But um, how do you create some of these? Do you like wake up in the middle of the night and go? Mm-hmm. Miss one. I've got do. a notebook and a pen and paper next to the bed. Do you really? Yep. I feel like that's so cliche, but I guess it works. Right? It works. I mean, that's when your brain I mean, that's even slows like, down. I got a stack of comp books there. Some of it's for the cookbook. Some of it's for mm-hmm. menu ideas. Sometimes I'll just see something like, oh, I can do a spin on that. So that's like, even like one of the desserts. Uh, my girlfriend owns a partnership with Shulala. Oh, man. So I'm like, I always try to change up the desserts even and do stuff like that. So it's a pineapple right side up cake. But I did a tres leches play on it too. So it's got the tres leches milk in oh. with it. Yeah, it's... She does uh-huh. a great job. They do a ton of stuff on there. I know. But, a, but a lot of the stuff that we do oh, as far a, as that is... Oh, there's is, a pineapple on top. There's, it's just specific to us. So the change, the only change on this dish that I wanted to do differently oh. is that we do tidbits and not the whole Why pineapple. Why don't you make things... I'm trying <laughs> to be dainty. You. Like you said, you make nothing dainty. But, you know, the ball jars, the mason jars, the, the mm. stuff like that on the side. So oh, it's, got the, it's got the caramel layered in there. It's got the tres leches. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're gonna make it a little more user friendly with the. We're gonna do the t- caramelized tidbits on it next time because it's easier Ooh, to cut through and bite through. Instead of sense. trying to cut the whole piece, because we took the piece it was too big, so cut mm. out a wedge and made it fit the jar. <laughs> like ah, perfect. Then I try to eat it. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> but you gotta sample your stuff, right? You just have to sample keep... sample everything. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> What's over there by you? Uh, the pimento cheese is one of our everybody's favorites, so it goes into a lot what of sandwiches. What is up with pimento cheese right now? Mm-hmm. It is the but thing. I was mad Chick-fil-A copied my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the pimento cheese making house, so we pickle okay. the red peppers, pickle the jalapenos, everything kind of goes in there. Okay. Load them up. Yeah, man. I love so pimento this, cheese. This, is a little, this batch is a little spicy. The jalapenos okay. were very over the okay. top this time. <laughs> Let's see. Let's try this. Get in there. There we go. So, you're from Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and but it seems like you've oh. really... Adopted Southern cuisine. Like, what? What? What was it that? I, I mean, I don't know that people really rave about Midwestern cuisine necessarily, but cheese curds. Come on. Okay. Butter burner. Fish and chips. Do you bring any of that into the go. restaurant? Fish and chips is actually one of my a huge seller on the menu. I got yelled up from my mother when she first came in. Eagles. No fish and chips. Like that's kind of what got me back into the cooking so much is doing all those the fish fries and the steaks mm-hmm. and the burgers and the smoking. But mm-hmm. my fish recipes. The only change that I did in my batter recipe is I. Southernize it, and I use Coca-Cola instead of Sprite. Mm. So it caramelizes. It actually brings a little bit darker color, so it looks well, that's great. Smart. Tastes great. Very, very tricky. 
So do you feel like, because you were saying like you did a lot of your learning through your work, do you feel like a culinary education is, I know because we, we talked to so many chefs who are like, oh, I didn't go to, I didn't go to culinary school. Some people did. I, mean, I did it just because I'd cook for so much and wanted to get a brush up on everything and mm -hmm. the terminology and somebody said something like, huh? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you want me to what? They're going to say, like, what is that? So you learned all the French terms and all the other stuff like that. So culinary school at the time seemed like the proper brush up. And yeah. I love going to school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I got way too many uh, associate's degrees and everything on the backside. Yo. Mm -hmm. So welding, electrical, metal fab, like learning, creating, and doing stuff. So this is all kind of like worked up to this part of it. Yeah. With the art it's, background. And, and it's amazing. What, what's the drinks situation? All right. So that was part of the reason of finding a spot, a new spot, and moving on was having our own beer, wine, and liquor. Got it. Because you could have the last spot. At the last spot. There was the Burtons next to us that had their own spot. So definitely wanted to dabble in having some of that. So we just it's more of a fortified wine because I never did do the liquor side because that's like 300 and Four hundred thousand dollars to buy the license. Gotcha. So, someday. Yeah. Or take over another spot and have enough square footage. Mm -hmm. So I did a plan, uh, Blackberry Bramble, and then that one's called the Haynes Fifty Seven, which is a apple pie moonshine <gasps> play. Oh man! But I came up. We, we spent a lot of time in Tennessee and back and forth, so we had a, a competition one weekend, and who could make the best drink. So this was my baby at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I played the, the Haynes 57 with my last name. So, I, yeah. I like how you did that. <laughs> it's great and then the, the sandwiches. This one you said is a what? The pulled pork. Oh, so pulled we do pork. a house-made barbecue, house-made pickles on the brioche bun, and then mm. pulled pork. I get smoked for four hours, and then right. I braise it for you two to, and a half. Do you want to do the pulled pork, or do you want to do the... What's the other one? That's just a plain old burger. So we do a triple blend burger. It's brisket, short rib, and chuck. And I forgot the L-top. Okay, scoop, scoop some of this. Scoop right out of there. Because this looks so good. You want the top of the bun? <laughs> sure. It's like a little boat. Here we go. Uh oh, it's gonna oh. slide right off the bottom. <laughs> Why the the house made pickles? Because I do all my own pickling. The jalapenos I make. The pickles we do okay. is one of my grandfather's right. old recipes. I'm a pickle fiend here. There's nothing. Mm. There's nothing like them. <laughs> So there's a lot of flavors in there. If you start picking them out, uh, make sure you have a very good palate. Because there's people like, is there allspice or is that cinnamon? Or, what is that? Yeah, like they freak out. Like, I just had a bite of something. What is that flavor in there? I was just I thinking that when you said that. And that's how I like doing all my cooking. Like Italian cooking is typically like three ingredients and all of a sudden something will stand out. Next bite it doesn't, <laughs> something else will come around. Yeah. yeah, they got a little vinegar in the back. Of it. it is, it is good. I love it. Mm. So what's the future? I know you're you're trying to get back on menu 100 percent but yep. well, I feel like I'm probably still. They told me three months of nothing over 25 pounds. So okay. the staff has been great as far as carrying me. Yeah. The <laughs> but you know, grabbing stuff, doing deliveries, coming with me to go go shopping and pick stuff up and go that route. Yeah. It's been tough, and I, I, I always feel like I'm, I'm not the go-getter anymore. Like, I can't be. Like, yeah. I have to watch myself and say, no, no, I can't. Yeah. Keep come grab this, please. Because <laughs> I, don't, don't, I don't want any more surgery. I don't yeah. want to go back. Yeah. I never want to go back. And the staff wants you to get better, too, because mm -hmm. it's a success They're for all of you They're trying to pick stuff up for me. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. That, too. But you said a little yeah. menu re-up? Uh, re 
and we're actually in the process of doing that ride. Uh, I've got another sandwich namesake that we're going to bring back, which was quite a bit of work, but we do Old Hearth Bread Company does a focaccia for us, mm. and it's a pork and chicken blend, shredded chicken blend. Oh. So that mixed with some chicken, we do a little bit of Italian dressing, some of the chow chow sprinkled on it with lettuce, tomato, onion. Nice. It's a play on an Italian sandwich, but mm. it's my southern twist. I love it. So we got a bunch of other sandwich. I do, I'm going back to the turkey, but I do a gyro spice. And then we do pizza dough leftover from my friend Kaylee, who has a pop-up business called It's a Pizza Slot. So we mm. take her dough, press it out a little bit, throw it in the oven, and it opens up like a pita pocket. So we stuff like a gyro inside of that with our own tzatziki. And That's just creative. Keep, just keep messing around with stuff. Like, have mm. fun with it. Yeah. Keep doing what you'd love yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, the, the best thing we can do for you, I think, is just add, let people know where they can find you mm -hmm. in the world and also online. And, and follow us on, yeah, follow us Instagram and Google and Facebook. I got rid of a Facebook or uh, worldwide web page mm -hmm. or website. Got ditched that because it was a ton of money every month. I'm like, everybody searches, goes yes. to Google or finds us on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Here's all of our pictures. Here's an idea of where to get the food. And we kind of like keep that out there in the world as far as where to go find us mm -hmm. and find out what we're making and what we're doing. So they got the little tab on the bottom, where to park, new menu ideas, mm -hmm. what we have for brunch, what the cocktails and the drinks are. Instagram, Facebook, Google, like we keep loading it up and keep filling up and going that route. Like the World Wide Web, you know, doing the web page and doing mm -hmm. the stuff like that are kind of pulled away from because it's like where'd you find us oh instagram where'd you find us instagram How'd so you just head and hog and hog okay the hen and hog not the hen and the hog because there's another place in pompano beach that okay has the in front the of hog. hen <laughs> and hog yeah. awesome aj haynes thank you so much i'm gonna finish eating this but i just don't want to do it on tv because yeah. I, I was like a beast doing it <laughs> good. Right, thank you thank you thank so you. much thank you for listening to florida foodie we'd also like to thank our guest chef aj haynes you can find his business, The Hen and Hog, on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online, search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram, or Lisa Bell News 6 on Twitter. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. She's on Twitter. Just search at Candace News 6. On Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. And on Instagram, search Candace Campos WKMG. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, and our director, Bob Myers. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on ClickOrlando.com and on YouTube. Just search for Florida Foodie.